0: All right, I'm starting this one out really weird because it's not starting out with music. I just wanted to give you a caveat right at the front end. Even though this is coming out right now during 2020, during the time of COVID, this episode was recorded in June of 2019. So it might come off a little bit strange in some ways because we are not talking about or not involving anything with social distancing or anything like that which kind of made it really cool when I was listening back to it recently but I just wanted to make sure I let you guys know that this is a little bit of an older recording and so it may hit you in kind of some different ways because of the fact that it's not recorded during this new world we are in right now. Okay so let's get right to the episode. which is welcome in Punjabi. Welcome to the Daddy Unscripted podcast. My name is Tim Wheaton. I am the creator and the podcast host. I welcome you in a foreign language every episode, so nothing else in this episode will be spoken in Punjabi just when I say goodbye to you at the end. And that's my little way of adding an extra little bonus feature to each episode because I care about you guys, I don't want you to run into somebody who speaks Punjabi and not be able to welcome them into your home or to be able to tell them, have a nice day. So I'm just adding a little something for you free of charge. You are welcome. So thank you for listening to another episode of Daddy Unscripted. Today I am talking with Damon Miller, who is a surfer, a Tech guy, a dad, a um, surfboard shaper. Like he does a whole heck of a lot of stuff that seems like it's completely different, but he actually makes some of it work together well. So we'll get into that during this episode. We all are unique. We all have our own fingerprints and all of that kind of stuff. He does have a unique background with his dad, with his stepdad, and we'll, I'm not going to get ahead of the game here, but I will get ahead of the game by telling you, that was a horrible segue. That wasn't even a segue. That was just, let's just forget I said that, but I am going to tell you something that you're not going to want to forget. That was much better. Daddy Unscripted is very proud to be part of Osiris Media, and you should check out osirispod.com. See all of the other podcasts that are out there. Some really cool new things coming out. Make sure you check out OsirisPod.com. I will also tell you Osiris has partnered with Jambase. Check out Jambase.com. They are your place to go and find out what musicians are doing, what things streaming-wise. So make sure you go to Jambase.com to find out how you can still listen to live music. And one of the newest things for Daddy Unscripted is my partnership with Harry's. Look, times are tough right now, but Harry's is still here to help you look your best while saving you a little cash along the way. However you are dealing with your time right now as a man, okay, I know this doesn't go maybe for your women, but I don't know what you guys are doing. I normally like to have a fairly big full beard. Right now I'm having to keep it kind of trim because I have to wear a mask to work every day and I don't love doing that with a beard. It just doesn't feel like it works great. So perfect timing that this all ended up coming around at the same time where I was able to get back on track with Harry's. I had used Harry's back in the past. And again, like I like wearing a beard, so I normally don't use it that much. But now I'm back on board with Harry's When I used them before, I was incredibly impressed, and if anything, they're only better now. They've got incredibly high-quality blades at factory direct prices. They're delivered directly to your door on your schedule, whether you do it with or without a subscription with them. In this particularly challenging time, you can feel a little bit better about purchasing with them because... A, as always, 1% of their proceeds are set aside for nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better health care for men and veterans. But in this time, you can help support those who need it most right now because Harry's is donating $1 million worth of shaving supplies to hospitals across the United States. That's pretty cool. So I have an exclusive offer for you guys. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com backslash daddy, and this is what you'll get. A weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. You can get this trial set delivered to your doorstep by going to harrys.com backslash daddy go to that site start shaving better today get your harry's trial set and then you can have your significant others reach out to me and to harry's and thank us for how much better you look whatever it is that you are trying to rock during this time whether it's a mustache or a soul patch or a full like funky, big poppy beard that you're kind of shaving into your face with specific designs, whatever it may be. So make sure you go to harrys.com backslash daddy to start shaving better today. With no more of this pregame conversation, let's get right to this episode with myself and Damon Miller. All right, we are here today with Damon Miller from the PN, do you Pacific Northwesterners say the PNW, or is that like one of the things that people outside of your area say? And you guys are like, you numbskulls don't know what you're talking about. We say this instead.
1: Uh, I think people say the PNW up here, probably ironically. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Not, um, you know, this is this is a place where people still use the word rad quite a bit. So I'm all over that. So PNW, I don't I don't think it's used in a daily term, but uh
0: <laughs> I always wonder like I would think immediately of Atlanta and people saying like the ATL and I can't imagine people walking around to other people and saying, Hey, it's pretty cool in the ATL today, don't you
1: think? All right, a little hot in the ATL. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah. Way better if we were in the PNW. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Did you see their weather today?
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, maybe. I do. A-
1: I do feel though that people do in California say Cali.
0: Yeah, I think as a as I was just going to say unintentionally as a Cali person, but yeah. as a California native, I would say that I say Cali, but like I won't if I'm in another state, I won't break into going back to Cali to somebody when I tell them that I'm flying back home or anything like that. But I think right. I would say Cali.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Or I say, so like I'll say so Cal, I, I try my hardest because of all of the television programs and whatnot to like, never say the OC, even though it would make so much sense to a lot of people.
1: Right. Right. Um,
0: so, I actually I'm born and raised from Laguna Beach and after that I mean not only Emmy award winning but I think it won like Pulitzers the television program which Certainly. should like they should create a better like it's not just a TV show the way a movie becomes a film when and when it's a piece of cinema like there has to be some better name for that show but when I would say to people, I'm from Laguna Beach, I stopped saying that to a certain point because when I was in other places, uh, people who didn't realize they were embarrassing themselves maybe would, oh, do you know right. Lauren Conrad?
1: I, just, I actually just had a conversation like that recently because I, I do that by default. I could meet somebody tomorrow who's from Kansas and I would be like, oh, do you know uh, Bob? Dorothy and Toto? And then instantly, I'm like, "If you don't, <laughs> and if yeah. you did, I would." Definitely-
0: I, I guess that's a big area to cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyhow, Damon is from the Pacific Northwest, uh, from the lovely state of Oregon. So, Damon, are you a native of the area up there in Oregon, or
1: no? Uh, I actually grew up in Miami, Florida. Oh wow, huge change. Yeah. yeah, it was a, quite a culture shock when I moved here in a number of different ways, but I love it. I've been on the West Coast now for 20, 24 years, 25 Oh, years. yeah.
0: So you're full West Coast by this point.
1: Yeah. yeah. I lived in California for a little bit, but mainly up here.
0: Okay. I'm just going to take the opportunity because I love a good segue. So I'm assuming you were born and raised then in Florida. Correct. So let's go back beyond that and uh, go into your before you were here timeline through whatever that means, your grandpa or your dad or whatever. And I'll let you start telling us some of those stories.
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, So my great grandfather moved to Miami from Wisconsin uh, in the 1920s. Hmm. Went down there, uh, started a business, electrical company, Miller Electric, and at one point grew that to a pretty large enterprise. I think it was like 80 trucks or something like that uh, at one point, which seems pretty significant in the 1920s.
0: I'm sure, yeah. Uh,
1: Family business, my grandfather and his brother were part of it. And then at some point, my grandfather broke off and kind of started doing his own thing. At which point he started getting these government contracts around the world, and would basically do electrical work large scale in places like the Azores and the Caribbean and South America and all over the place. And in in that sort of trajectory, had my my father and his brother, and uh, yeah, kind of they were. Mainly based in Miami, but uh, traveled quite a bit, and I have tons of photos from from those sort of expeditions or experiences. Really fascinating stuff, if you can imagine, sort of going to these islands back at that time. I mean, there's pictures of you know, guys driving boats with you know like really salty characters with birds on their shoulders, not the mm-hmm. Uh, you know, lots of pictures of wild animals, capybara, horses, uh, tons of photos of them with big groups celebrating events. Like it just kind of paints this picture of, you know, my father and, and, uh, then his, his, uh, second wife kind of going around and sort of settling in these places for a while and making a bunch of friends and, and whatnot. So they were based in, based in Miami. And, uh, by and large, my, my father grew up there, but in his, Early teens, uh, went out with my grandfather and sort of went around and did work with him. And then at some point, right around late high school for him, he was essentially, you know, homeschooled at that point when he was away. Decided to come back, finished up school in Miami. Uh, Shortly thereafter, met my mother and uh, the rest is history. Uh, Had my brother and I. And
0: And so they are... Does that include your brother or
1: no? My brother actually lives in North Carolina.
0: Okay. Cool. So you were born out there. How and you said you moved out to the West Coast uh 20 some odd years ago. So you're going through your childhood there. Is that in big city, Florida? Is it what was the feel like that for you out there in Florida?
1: Yeah, it was it was Miami, so probably as big city as you get in that state it was it was i mean it was i don't know if i'd ever live there again but um it was a fun place to grow up a lot of a lot of different a lot of diversity in many different ways you know i mean the topography down there is pretty flat but what's going on there with the everglades and the florida keys and you know the water is is pretty unique a lot of different cultures down there yeah just Plenty of good experiences, I would say. But it just ultimately wasn't really a city I think I wanted to stay in for a number of reasons. But mm-hmm. I think I had a good, enjoyed my childhood.
0: Are you older than your brother? Younger. Oh, okay. And were you going, you said you were in uh, the tech world. Is that what you were driving through college with? Or did that come after?
1: No, that, that came afterwards. It's It just sort of was a hobby that I sort of got into, mm. uh, took an interest in, and then made my way into the field and fell in love with it. I use this phrase a lot, but it breaks my brain quite a bit, um, <laughs> working in the tech world in, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it presents challenges that uh, that I really enjoy, and I've been doing it for 17 years now, and it's yet to get old.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure like that's one of those fields that you are going to thrive on those challenges. Cause it's not going to just stay static.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's I mean, it's moving at pretty rapid pace and I mean the, the work that I do, like, like I said, I mean, generally people will come to us with ideas mm-hmm. they want to do and, and then there's ideas that we come up with ourselves. And so it really kind of runs the gambit and yeah, it's been really rewarding. I have, I mean I have other things in my life other hobbies and and whatnot that fulfill me in other ways but yeah from a mental perspective and a challenge
0: cool point. so when you are there in Florida wh- what is your relationship like with your dad and with you with all of you as a family
1: yeah so my parents actually divorced when I was six. Oh boy <clears throat> yeah and you know I mean uh, my father and I have a really fantastic relationship i have a stepfather who i also have a really good relationship with and he came into the picture uh fairly shortly after my parents divorced
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um and so it's you know it's not really a tragic story in any way uh if anything i don't have a whole lot of memories prior to to six like i think most people probably don't Mm -hmm. Um, but you know i mean Despite that and despite the sort of challenges that are presented for a family as a result of uh, parents splitting up and the sort of logistics that come out of that, we remained in contact, we carried on, we you know had a relationship and that's evolved and grown in positive ways over the years.
0: And did your mom and your stepdad were they kind of closely located to where you were with your dad as well?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So I'm sure that made it at least a little bit easier. Was there that, were you dealing with any, I mean, that's six is a kind of a funky age for that because you're not at the realm of complete non-understanding, but you're also a little too young to get some of the nuances of all of that. I'm sure was how, how tough was that? All of that for you?
1: Um, you know, I think. I, I mean, looking looking back on it, it's you know you, you get a lot of different perspective. I think you know for one, there there was a couple of things that I came to pretty early on. Um, one is that I recognize the challenges that you know any father who becomes divorced from the family and then uh, another man comes into to their children's lives, right? And sort of the, mm-hmm. the the navigation of that, right? The sort of the effort that one needs to put in both probably mentally and physically to, to stay in your children's life. If in fact you want to. Right? Yeah. And so I, I kind of recognized the, the challenges that my father was facing that early on and, and just also kind of came to the reality at a pretty young age that these are two human beings that, you know, that just didn't work out for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's really no, the end of the day, there's really no right or wrong to that. Right. Yeah. They did. They gave it a go and it didn't play out. So, you know, I, I think I, you know, in many ways I, I ended up with two great dads and we had different experiences and they're different people and they brought different things to my world. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, My father is a pretty interesting cat in that he, you know, he's just got this knack for things where he, you know, over the years he in high school, he got into gymnastics and mastered that to the point where he became an Olympic alternate. Um, you know, wow. in my childhood, he picked up archery and he's in the Florida hall of fame now <laughs> a wow. archer, you know, I mean, when he retired, he got into golf and within a couple of years he was shooting in the seventies on a regular basis. Right. I mean, he just picks up these things and, and walks away from them and, Mm-hmm. Once he masters them and stuff like that, and so he's he's got a he's got a discipline to him, which which I admire and and you know try to sort of emulate. And then my my stepfather uh, has just always been a really grounded person. Seems to always you know have been focused on the the right thing. You know, doesn't get wrapped up in nonsense a lot. And there's a there's a bit of a did it my way kind of kind of aspect to him.
2: Mm-hmm. Not,
1: not in the reckless sense of the way, but but just sort of always had his eye on the ball, and it's paid off for him, you know. And so, um, again, things that things that I've tried to emulate and, and obviously pass down to my children over the years.
0: Yeah, that's cool that you have that. Uh, I mean, those two strong male characters that you're able to draw from that have a different outlook and a different kind of thing going for them that you're able to pull in that much more goodness from. And I mean, especially like that you're able to maintain that in a way where you're not being that stretch Armstrong between the two dads and having to be like a centerpiece in a battle.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's a great point. And I, I really don't think that there was much of that. You know, I don't, I think I just, you know, I was able to look at them as, like I said earlier, kind of as as humans, you know, and then at some point you get old enough where you just start looking at them in a way that's kind of like another person, right? Is this somebody I want to hang out with? Is this somebody that um, I would spend time with, right? And
2: and Mm
1: -hmm. fortunately for both, you know, the answer is yes. And so, you know, the relationship has evolved beyond just sort of that father-son thing. Although it's kind of a funny thing that, when I do get around them because they're both still, you know, 3000 miles away, when I do get around them. There's still those moments where you know, we sort of slip into the, the old sort of stereotypes, you know, it's uh, not uncommon for for my stepfather to tell me things like, uh, you know, don't do, don't do anything I wouldn't do or stay out of trouble. Even though <sighs> I'm much older now and I'm like, what am I going to be doing? Really,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I'm, what I'm doing after this, I'm going to bed. So
0: yeah. Yeah. It's already past my bedtime. So did your your dad uh, remarry ever?
1: He did, yeah.
0: Okay. And what was the time frame in that in line with everything else that was going on?
1: Yeah, interestingly enough, I mean, in pretty short, in pretty short order, they both found significant others that mm-hmm. they have been with ever since. Hmm
0: that's pretty cool that's unique and uh, i mean if you're thinking this is back in what the i'm guessing the 80s yes
1: yeah
0: so that's great for both of them and so how was that was it kind of the same feel for you with your new stepmom or was that a tougher transition for you
1: um i think yeah i mean i think that was a tougher transition transition, it's safe to say. Mm-hmm. And I and ultimately I think I would attribute part of that to, you know, there's a difference between me living with my mother day in and day out, except for, you know, I mean the the sort of um logistics of the divorce was what seemed to be pretty standard at the time, which was once once a week and then every other weekend kind of, you know, hanging out with my father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it, you know, didn't spend a whole lot of time growing up with my stepmother, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, she's been a really good partner to my father. You know, She's they've, yeah, they've been, they've been good together. And so I appreciated that, but yeah, the, and I think that it took time to get the, to have the bonding there with, with my stepmother, I think. And I think largely just because she wasn't, she just wasn't in my life all that much.
0: Yeah looking back on that as an adult now, like are you seeing ways that potentially either she or your stepdad are struggling with what they're to do in that role? Or um, was there even any kind of recognition of that you think by you as a kid?
1: Um, I mean, looking back now, yeah. You know, I mean, there's less so for my stepfather. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it- Feel like he integrated in the fold pretty pretty easily, became part of our lives pretty pretty easily. But um, with my stepmother, I think they were just yeah yeah. I, I mean, I, I, challenges isn't the right word, but um, sort of yeah, just
0: not knowing how to take that yeah role on maybe, especially with boys that she hasn't. Ra- I I can imagine like for and this is a completely coming from a man so don't hate on me women but i could imagine it would seem like that would be way more difficult for a stepmom to come into that role with especially tacking on the fact that it's two sons as opposed to a stepdad coming into that role and kind of seeing what the mom is doing and hearing whatever from her and sliding into that a little bit easier it would seem
1: you know, I mean, I think another aspect of that is also that, you know, she's navigating this new relationship and marriage with her partner as well. Right. right yeah. <laughs> They're getting to know each other. And, yeah. You know, um, hey, congratulations. We're going to tack on to
0: <sighs> your two boys and my boy that I'm bringing into it. How, how old was he in comparison with you and your brother?
1: Uh, he's he's actually three days younger than I am.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, crazy. So, how was that for you? Pulling that into the mix.
1: Uh, it was by and large it was good. Uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we don't really have a lot of contact today. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I have I have good memories of us getting along really well. During those times, for sure. And then, I mean, the reality is, is that, you know, once my brother became a teenager, as you can imagine, and this happened with me as well, you know, you kind you of lose interest in spending the weekend with any parent.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: You know, uh, you'd rather want to hang out with your friends and whatnot. So, yeah. At that point, there was less, less time spent over at their place.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's always a, Very interesting topic to me and I don't think I've really ever kind of talked about this, but years ago I had a very, very rough patch with my wife and to the point where we were like not really talking about divorce, but it was something that we were like, I know thinking this may be headed in that direction and thinking about that dynamic and all of those changes that come after that and how it affects the kids and you know I, during that time I talked to a lot of my friends who are my age who came from broken homes at some point or another and it was it was fascinating to me because I had never heard anybody and maybe this is because I never really talked about it with people but I had never had anybody tell me I wish my parents would have gotten divorced earlier mm. and so that was a really interesting idea to me as an as an adult thinking back on their childhood and you know this is that I don't know if it's verbatim of this idea or this story but basically the parents rode out their crappy marriage until the kids were out of the house and then they dealt with their issues and thinking about that about people in their 30s or 40s looking back and recognizing how toxic and yucky their life was in the home and saying straight up like I would have preferred if they had divorced and of course of course they don't know what would have what that would have been like or what would have happened from that. But that was always a really interesting side of it that I'd never really thought about. So it's, it's cool to hear cool in quotes to hear about the stories that go in this positive direction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, like I said, I think I may have said this earlier. I mean, I feel pretty fortunate in that um, I do have relationships with, both my fathers that are positive, you know, they've evolved in the right direction over time. You know, I glean things from both of them, even today Mm -hmm. um, as they get older and crankier, but still. (laughs) um, uh, um, Yeah, no, I, I feel fortunate because you do hear the stories other, otherwise. And I mean, I, you know, I mean, I know, I know folks who have, haven't had divorce in in their lives and yet their relationships with their parents are estranged or, Strained or whatever.
0: Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it, it's life. It's people like there are people who come from fantastic families and their parents have been married for 50 years and they themselves can't keep their marriage together. And, and there are people who come from families where their parents got divorced and remarried several times and they have an amazing long term marriage and you know, every, every offshoot of that. I know that it's, you know, it's all, it's all out there. Right. So your, your stepdad and your dad are both still in Florida?
1: Yes. Yeah. My stepfather is still in Miami. Uh, my father now lives in, uh,
0: Florida. Okay. Let's push through that. So you go to school out there in Florida and then you transferred out to a college here in california
1: uh no so yeah um so in my youth um
0: oh yeah i already like this <laughs> yeah. the way this is starting i'm very excited
1: right right.
0: i'm gonna go get a pipe and a new <laughs> yeah. cap or something
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> let, me, let me swill my brain or swill yeah my for a second um <laughs> no uh yeah no at an at, at early age i got into surfing um, okay, and so that uh, put me on a trajectory that I'm still very much on today. But uh, you know, it it had resulted in me having a strong desire to to move out to the West Coast at a very early age because California and Hawaii are pretty much mecca for for that world. And so you know, if I'm young and I'm picking up magazines and reading them. That's the draw. And so yeah uh, got into that early on, and it sort of just became my singular focus, not only to just uh, surf, but then also to, to move out west. So when the time came, um, I was already out of high school, into college, and it was just a matter of sort of dotting the I's and, and crossing the T's to make it happen. And um, first moved out to... The Pacific Northwest uh, just to get my bearings, because I knew people here didn't know anybody in California. Uh, lived up here for uh, a little over a year and then moved down there to San Francisco. Went to school for a bit down there uh, while I was living down there, and then moved back up to Oregon because at that point um, I met my girlfriend, now wife, uh, who's born and raised in oregon and um sort of ultimately had no other choice i think the the cards were laid out that i was going to end up back up here um mm-hmm. and so moved back finished up school out here and it's been fantastic I mean no qualms or regrets it's the water is cold up here uh yeah but um <clears throat> but they make actually, wetsuits yeah they make wetsuits, and um I've gotten used to that, and you know the the trade off is that there's not nearly as many people in the water, um, yeah as there is in California or even Florida for that matter so um yeah, and so been up here ever since uh we got married after being together for four years, did the home thing uh, had our daughter, and then a number of years later had our son, yeah we are, uh happy family.
0: Cool. How old were you when you moved out West?
1: 21.
0: Okay. So are you, when you're doing this, are we picturing you as a young Kelly Slater or as a young Jeff Spicoli?
1: Uh, s- let's say, let's go somewhere in between. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny. It's kind of funny that you, you put it in that perspective because uh, certainly at the, at the time that i was growing up there was that dichotomy right i mean i don't know how how familiar you are with the the sport of the history but you know i mean for a long period of time it was you know 60s and 70s it, they were they were more geared towards the spicoli uh, yeah. side of things and it wasn't until the 80s where the kelly slaters really kind of started to become what the what the sport by and large is today yeah so, I mean, I was I was sort of growing up in it right during that transition. And I I would I would say that if I you know if I'm if I'm being honest, I think I was probably more on the Spicoli side, right? I like, <laughs> I like, the, I like the I like the I like the sort of bad boys of the yeah. of the culture. But um, Kelly Slater has done amazing things for the sport, and
0: yeah. And during that time, I mean, I know in the skate world, there was like the Z boys crew. Was there that kind of a contingency that was like that kind of bad boys of the late seventies, early eighties, when that other group was coming in, that was like the Kelly Slaters?
1: Oh, for certain. Yeah. I mean, right around, right around that time, you know, I'd say right around what they, they refer to as the momentum generation. I mean, that whole that whole group that that Kelly was part of, which there's now a documentary about, Um, you know, there was also Christian Fletcher. There was also uh, Matt Archibald. There were also a slew of of guys who um, were sort of more anti-establishment, more free surfers, not interested in contests. um, Yeah. That type of of lifestyle, Um, which, which I mean, there, there's, there still are very much so today, um, even in the sort of, even in the sport itself. But um, I think there's just a different connotation to it now. Mm -hmm. A different, you know, a a free surfer today has a different, yeah, it it just has a different flavor than it did back then. It's less, it's less drop out and more living the dream. Say
0: Right, 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 right. Yeah. A little less Spicoli-ish.
1: You're right. Right. A number of years ago, I got into shaping surfboards and the main reason why I did is because I had this I had this idea in my mind, a surfboard that ultimately was finless in my mind. Hmm. you know I'm, I'm continually just looking for uh, a really loose uh, surfboard that I couldn't find you know on the rack or even kind of get when I'm talking with other shapers who, who are shaping surfboards for me. And so just kind of started playing around with it myself, just trying to find that, find that feeling that.
0: Mm -hmm. And how, so how do you do that? I mean, have you started actually trying to shape boards that are finless or?
1: Yes. Yeah. So, um, there's a lot of, uh, and, and basic, I mean, you can, you can shape, you can take a board today. I mean, most of the, most of the fins on surfboards today are removable. So you can ride a board without fins on. But, um, what I've been trying to do is uh, work with channels, uh, so mm. you, can, you can sand and, and carve channels into a surfboard into the foam, and then glass over those. and so just sort of playing with the, the diameter and with the, the height of those with those in order to sort of get that feel, but still have a little bit of control. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that's that's really the way that that I've been doing it to date. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's still fairly new territory for me. It's been amazingly rewarding. Um, You know, again, being in the tech world, but then being able to uh, start working with my hands has been really rewarding. Being able to create something and then use it to do something that uh, I love. And it's been part of my life for so long has been tremendously rewarding. Yeah. Uh, And then, and then this sort of, scientific aspect of it of you know trying to build this surfboard that's that i have in my it's presented its its challenges and rewards as well
0: yeah like you're creating completely different types of challenges for you
1: i'm sure somebody at some point will listen to this and they'll just be like oh well all you need to do is this but uh, (laughs) i don't i don't want that i'm on the i'm on the journey so
0: so do you prefer longboard or shortboard
1: um i grew up shortboard shortboarding yeah. And then later on in life, uh, I mean, I just tried it, started to try all different boards. Um, and so, I mean, I have a long board in my quiver, as well as a number of other different uh, shapes. So it's really sort of right tool for the day, sort of thing. Uh, yeah. I enjoy it, but it's not, you know, it's not my primary mode of transportation, so to speak
0: you're not surfing to work is what you're trying to tell me
1: <laughs> working on i'm that, just kidding. but uh yeah not, yeah not currently
0: so it, with the finless really quick would that be something that you're doing more with short or more with long
1: so far it was short yeah yeah um, yeah i mean if you think it, it sounds like maybe you did some skateboarding growing up um you know i i really just i love that that skaty feeling, that that loop, yeah, gets, and you still have to be able to control that, um, right? So I've been focusing, you know, it's trying to get that moment of right when you're about to spin out of control, so then just pull it back in,
2: uh, yeah. <clears throat>
1: that you can, you'll really be able to feel and and probably even control on a on a shorter board much so. Well, I know for a fact much so than a longer
0: board. Cool. So you m- meet your wife. You guys move up to Oregon eventually. Um, you have your daughter not too long after that, who is now a young teenager. How is that going for you?
1: Really well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I would <laughs> say yes. Um, there, I, I'd say even before she was a teenager, there was this. There was this moment that. Came to realize. I mean, she must have been eight at the time, and there was just this couple of couple of weeks where, on and off, her and I were kind of mixing it up, getting into getting into arguments, and that's that's never really been our history. Mm-hmm. And and I couldn't, you know, I'm, I'm I'm perseverating as to why that is, and and it just came to me one day that you know it all revolved around her turning on the radio at the house and putting on a a song that she wanted to listen to and turning on the television, watching a television show that she wanted to listen to or watch. Mm -hmm. It just, it just became this reality where I'm like, Oh, you're another person in our home. Now with your (laughs) own personality and likes and dislikes and, though you are my daughter and I love you tremendously and we have a great relationship, there's this other dichotomy now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of carried through. I'd say it's amplified a little bit now that she's a teenager, but you know, we, we still have a really good relationship. We still make it a point uh, as often as possible to get out and, and do things together. You know, that's how I know, Will, who you had a conversation with, is because uh, my daughter and I and his daughters, and uh, him, we all, you know, some of the adventures that he had talked about, uh, you know, camping out, going out in the wilderness, and going on hikes, mm-hmm. uh, we've done together. So, uh, cool. Yeah, she's she's a whip smart kid, she's determined. Uh, she's got an amazing, amazingly good perspective already on sort of the drama in her life it's it's fascinating to me how she doesn't really internalize a lot of things that you know if there's sort of strife that she has with friends or or um you know in school with teachers or whatnot she's you know she just doesn't she doesn't internalize it the way that i feel like i feel like i did and i feel like a lot of people uh, do mm-hmm. even as a it's adults you know she can she can kind of see it for for what it is you know oh you know maybe my friend's just into something else or kind of going through a thing and you know maybe sometime in the near
0: future that's that is fantastic i mean thinking about even like as you're saying as adults do and as maybe you did like i'm thinking of high schoolers in general or middle schoolers or whatever and the World is coming down on me when you know god i i i praise any kid who can make it through middle school and high school right now with a good sense of their sanity because i i would have gotten eaten alive i think in this day and age
1: yeah yeah we actually um she went through there was a k there's k-8 options up here in portland uh which kind of results in not having a middle school experience oh, okay yeah which i was i was a big fan of because i think
0: mm-hmm.
1: like everybody loses a part of themselves in middle school right totally nobody nobody gets out completely unscathed yeah so i wasn't i wasn't necessarily looking to rapper and bubble wrap or anything like that but um it seems like it it seems kind of unnecessary right um the idea of Cramming a bunch of different kids from a bunch of different schools in a large building right when they hit puberty.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Seriously.
1: It's just bad. And
0: then shutting you into something else three years later.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But she's headed to high school next year. So.
0: uh, Oh, boy. Well, congratulations. Thank you. That's, yeah, that's tremendous. My daughter is 10 about to be 11 in a couple of months. And um, what did she say to me yesterday? So my daughter is, is autistic and she's very high functioning and she has like some things that you can, uh, for us, we know. And so we will like say, okay, that's kind of in her pattern or whatever. And, you know, we'll still meet people who are like, there's no way your daughter is autistic. And we say, thank you. But she has zoned in so hard on this puberty thing and is just like, it it is a constant situation for her of a little bit of concern and a little bit of like wanting to really, she needs to know everything though as well to, to have some comfort level. So it's a kind of an odd balance. And I think it was last night or the night before And she was in her pajamas and it was just a t-shirt. And she came downstairs to me and said, do I look flat chested in this shirt? And I said, oh my gosh, why? Why are you asking me this? And also made a point of asking her, what is your preferred answer? What are you looking for (laughs) here? Um, And she said, "I, I want you to tell me that I am because I don't want to not be, I don't want my puberty to be starting and everything. And I said, you're fine. Go back upstairs. Like I, a lot of this is going to be shuttled to my wife, um, over the next handful of years. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Puberty with girls is great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's been, it's been fair weather, fortunately for, for me so far, but, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of sort of one of the things that I try to try to help her with is to help her find something that, that she loves, right? Yeah. Um, something that she's interested in because, you know, again, I mean, I feel that surfing, getting into that at a young age helped me tremendously in that there's just so many things about identity that, you know, just got wrapped into that. And so mm-hmm. that really a concern you know, my sort of singular focus on it, uh, sort of weeded out a lot of, a lot of the noise that I think mm-hmm. uh, happens. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's inevitable, right. Um, I think for any teenager to kind of, you know, struggle navigating through that time and if you can find something that sort of takes up a lot of your time and, and mental energy that's positive and that really helps you kind of move through that. Yeah. I, I,
0: I mean, I, I see that with adults, just like you're saying, like when you don't have, and it doesn't even have to be that one thing that you are like amazing at and that you are really married to and uh, that, you know, you don't have to be a seventies golf not from the 1970s but golfing in your 70s like you're like you were saying about your dad but having interests and things that um, especially as I would say as we get a little bit older that are making our mind work and keeping us sharp are so important like I think that some of the noise and some of the distractions and all of that stuff fall into that cycle because you're you're not really having anything that is keeping you sharp and keeping you driven and going. And then all of this stuff that comes in from the outside just continues that cycle of kind of numbing you and dulling you all the more. And I I know I have people that are in my age range that I know that don't have something like that. And you can tell, I mean they don't walk around with a gray cloud over them, but You can tell that there's something a little different when people don't have at least something that they are feeling invested in, and maybe getting at least a return on as well.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, even even ideas. Right. Um, Even just coming across new knowledge, uh, and I mean, it's not even it's not necessarily from a a brain working sort of perspective, but just sort of giving a new new idea or new um, outlook on something. Right. You see see folks. You know lighten up and, and come alive around that and so, yeah how do you yeah, how do you how do you make that part of your every day right it can be a challenge
0: yeah i was just talking with somebody who i think she is i'm gonna guess in her late 50s early 60s about this um i think earlier this week and she was telling me how she's finally deciding to learn a- another language and she's never done that before and no tremendous reason that she was doing it or anything like that but just something that she wanted to do and i was like that's awesome like anything that you are doing you are taking on and again like stretching your mind and putting some effort into um is only going to better you even if you're never speaking slovakian to somebody
1: right right exactly and and at the very least you have something to talk about the next party you're at right
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so your your daughter is going into high school and your son is uh what oh gosh i'm and that difference yeah so what was his first year of kindergarten is coming up or he just finished it coming up oh, okay wow and how's that going is he excited scared
1: uh he seems excited yeah, you know, I think there's. I don't think that he necessarily knows wholly what he's excited about. But right, right, right. <laughs> he is most often excited about the concept.
0: Yeah, and what and what does your wife do?
1: She's in research. Uh, she works for a teaching hospital in Portland.
0: Cool. Wow. So yeah, I think I said this to Will as well, and you guys are also a pair of brainiacs there in your house.
1: I don't know if I'd go that far, but, um, but, uh, yeah, no, she's, she's got a fantastic knack. I joke that if she woke up tomorrow and said, I want to work with elephants and in a month, she'd, she'd have a job at the zoo. Uh, Mm -hmm. She has this this longstanding history of wanting to get into something and somehow getting into it. She wanted to get into forensics and next thing you know, she was, working for the police department doing autopsies not doing autopsies wow. but attending autopsies with detectives she wanted to get into a nonprofit and uh, found herself a career in in that space for a while and then decided to actually use her college degree and and get into research and then shortly thereafter uh, found that job
0: wow it's been
1: it's been really fulfilling for her in the space that she's in right now she likes it a lot Uh, she likes the work that she's doing
0: that's the part of the life lottery win really i mean if you can like your work then you're way ahead of i would say at least 60 to 70 percent of the population
1: yeah yeah and to be able to to change careers at a drop of a hat based on Mm -hmm. based on your desires is probably a, a higher percentile
0: oh yeah i mean, i would say you're ahead of 95 percent of the people so does she and is she into surfing at all or any of that
1: uh no she's, she's no. tried it a couple times um she would like to more uh but you know the reality is the cold water is kind of a barrier to entry yeah it's it's a lot easier when we for her to pick up surfboard and and paddle out when we're in warmer client climates which is only in vacations and whatnot so
0: right right so you guys just need you need to get your board situation handled start selling a bunch of those mm-hmm. get your Hawaii trips in line yeah I, I'm just gonna map that all out yeah. for you Hold on, you I'm know just,
1: I'm writing all that down Tim
0: okay yellow tail yeah
1: yeah, right right i already got that (laughs) okay uh
0: if you maybe just need to make one of your finless boards and get somebody to paint the back of it yellow and you can call it the yellow tail and we'll know yeah you and i will know damon
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no i i um it's you know it's it's a mixed blessing um, I would definitely like my family to to be in the water with me and and to sort of experience the the joy and you know the the contentment and everything that I get from surfing, but at the same time it's it's good for me to get away yeah and sort of have a little space to myself as well which i which yeah I don't take for granted
0: and the ocean is an amazing place for that,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's uh like I said, I mean it's been been great for me. It's been uh I've been very fortunate to to find something that I that that does so much for me. Uh so at such a young age and, and still be able to carry it forward today.
0: Yeah. Cool. What about where does your uh dad and your stepdad r- role playing of grandparents come in with your kids?
1: Uh well, uh,
0: since they're so far away yeah
1: yeah the 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 three thousand miles is a bit of a barrier um yeah um but uh they they come out, we go to visit periodically, they come out more than we go to visit but mm-hmm. yeah they're they're in their lives um they have relationships and um yeah it's it's good and then my my wife is from oregon she's she's grew up in the Portland area and so by and large her family's here and so um my mother and law her mother is uh, in their lives on the regular cool yeah yeah that's
0: grandparent role is definitely something that's a extra bonus I think for kids and I I, I think I've realized as I've gotten older i I lost all my grandparents at a much younger age and so seeing uh friends my age and seeing people you know in their 30s and even 40s losing their grandparents is so shocking to me because it's so unlike my situation and thinking about how important their grandparents are to them throughout all of those years is just so cool to me. So not that I expected you to tell me different, but that's great that they still are finding that way to play a part in their lives from such a far distance.
2: Yeah.
1: And do you just have the one daughter?
0: No, I have, um, I have a little boy too, who is turning seven in a little over a month. So he just finished first grade and she is starting middle school this next year. So close to you on, on one end and safely a little bit behind you on the other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So cool. So thank you so much again, Damon. I, I'm really pleased when things like this work out fantastically where guests bring me other guests and they end up kind of branching out and bringing on other really great men slash dads slash human beings to uh, be a part of the podcast and tell their stories. And um, yours definitely fits perfectly into this grouping. So thank you for taking the time out.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It It was a good time. Thanks.
0: Okay, and that is my full conversation with Damon Miller from Oregon. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I hope you got a lot out of that, especially for any of you who have daughters who are maybe getting to that range or are in that range of teenagerhood and all of that. We kind of talked about that uh, for a little while towards the end there, and it is a real deal for us dads. I completely get it. And I was going to say it, I thought it, and I think we kind of started talking about something else, but I will say it now. All the more reason, all praise to you moms out there. Like, I know that, quote unquote, it may be easier for you to deal with the daughters because you're also females and all of that, and and us men may seem like we're kind of brushing some of that off or dodging responsibility or something like that, but for real, moms, y'all are awesome. Like the work that you do, the things that you do, the way that you hold families together, the way that you lead our daughters into being great young women, etc. Keep it up, moms. That's all I'll say about that. So, tremendous thanks to Damon for being a part of the show. Um, Huge shout out and thanks to Will Henson, episode 60, everybody. Episode 60, go back to that one, for bringing Damon to the show to find episode 60 with Will and to find everything else. So Daddy Unscripted is on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. All is Daddy Unscripted. You can go to the website, which has all of the old posts and has some cool photos to go along with these episodes. It, some of them even have some extra little tidbits that aren't in these recordings. So that's at www.daddyunscripted.com. You can send me an email at daddyunscripted at gmail.com to send me guests that you think I should be talking to. And you can be one of those that leads the show to another great guest and takes us on another line through to some people that I would maybe not even know about or never be able to reach or whatever. So you can send those emails to me, daddyunscripted at gmail.com. You can send me a line at any time on any of those social media sites. Again, check out Osirispod.com for all of the other podcasts in our great network. Thank you to umphreys McGee for allowing me to have their music on this podcast. Also a great band. Go to umfries.com to check them out. As I put in every episode and in all of my show notes, if things are really bad and you feel like you need to reach out to somebody at a much higher level, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. I have a Google Voice number for any of you to use at any time. You don't have to give me your name. You don't have to tell me anything. Sometimes you just need to say things. And you don't need anybody to do anything else but listen. If you do want me to reach back out, then leave me your number. I will absolutely reach back out to you in a safe way or via email or whatever. But that Google number is 872-444-6784. So you guys have that number. I wanted to make sure I put those. Those will also be in the show notes. I welcomed you all in a foreign language, much like I always do. I welcomed you in Punjabi. And now I will say goodbye to you in the language of Punjabi, which is din Dinchanga Lange, which means have a nice day in Punjabi. That was one of my more difficult ones. And I think that the European judge just scored me a 9.5 on that. Thank you very much. Stuck the landing. Thank you guys for listening. Check out another episode in like the next two or three weeks, a new one. But in the meantime, during those two to three weeks, there's a ton of old episodes you may not have listened to. So you can check those out, too. But thanks for listening and keep your eye out for the next episode.